0: Hey, friends, welcome back to the Sunny and 65 podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Schultz, and the podcast has been quiet the last few months because we brought a sweet baby girl, Shay, into the world back in January. But we're back, and I'm so excited for what's in store. And today I'm joined by my friend and pastor, Andrew Rutten, and we are chatting all about the good news, the best news, the gospel. All right, today we are joined by a dear friend of mine, that is also my pastor, Andrew Rutten. Hi, a Hey, Maddie.
1: Thanks How's... for having me on.
0: Hey, thanks for being here. Um, we will probably get to know, so his name is Andrew Rutten, but I call him a So to clear up any confusion for the rest of it, a is him. Um, but we'll probably get to know A-Rut more on another episode where I ask him a trillion questions about himself. And I know that he is dying to do that. But I'll share just a little bit about him before I let him share about himself. Andrew is high key, absolutely brilliant. Um, The dude just finished his master's in divinity and graduates in May, which means that he can read and write in Hebrew, right? That's right.
1: I can read a little bit. Okay. I took a few classes on it.
0: Whatever. Okay. Whatever. We'll. We'll get to his humility later. Um, Whatever. And he has been, yeah, in school for forever. So we're excited for him and his wife that he has finished his Master's in Divinity. And I may be biased, but he's one of the most gifted teachers of the word that I've ever listened to. And lucky me, I get to listen to him almost weekly and my favorite thing about era is that he is the most humble dude as you just saw he's the most humble dude i've ever met (laughs) (laughs) he's the most humble dude i've ever met and that's just because of jesus entirely which is so cool to see and my second favorite thing about era is he's married to my best friend bailey and if you follow me on the gram you probably see their family in my stories posts quite often they are our best friends slash family and lastly, the dude just loves Jesus a whole stinking lot and has, uh, he has had a huge impact on my own personal faith these last three ish years since meeting him. So, hi, Ayra. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Anything else that you know I didn't share?
1: I mean, you covered most of it, yeah. So, been a Christian for about 10 years, so I got saved in college, grew up in kind of a fairly religious home, went to church a little bit, but actually didn't understand the gospel until college. So my sophomore year is when I actually heard the gospel, understood it, Jesus saved me. So I've been a Christian for yeah about 10 years. Uh, Since that time, I met my wife. We've been married now almost six years, so it'll be six this summer. We have two little boys, uh, Jethro and Riggs. Um, And yeah, I've been in ministry actually since, let's see... I graduated college after my senior year, so it's probably eight years ago now. Wow. I started in ministry, did an internship, worked in college ministry for a while, and then we planted uh Providence almost four years ago. Wow. So yeah, I've been a pastor here for the last four years.
0: Amazing. Um, shout out Providence. If you're in Omaha, feel free to come hang out with us and come to our church. Yay. Anyways, shameless plug. Um, So this episode is actually going to be a little bit different than my previous ones. Typically, I have a guest on and I just ask them questions about their life and walk with Jesus. And we have a conversation from there. But today and definitely more in the future. Aira and i are going to be talking about a specific topic so today we're going to be talking about the gospel what is it why it's important and how it should impact our everyday lives um i just had a hunch that there are possibly some people that listen to this podcast that maybe have no idea what i mean when i talk about the importance of the gospel or that we when we've talked about that in previous episodes and that's totally okay and that is why we're recording this episode um, heck, that is why we have this podcast to hopefully encourage you towards Jesus and for all of us to learn more about Jesus. So maybe you are listening and you don't know or follow Jesus, and maybe you're wondering what it's all about. Great, this episode is for you. Or maybe you do call yourself a Christian and you aren't sure what the gospel is either or maybe you do know what the gospel is and its importance amazing i'm praying that this episode still blesses and encourages each of you as well so when i was thinking about doing this episode i thought about how one how i should bring on a because he is way, way 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 smarter and wiser and all of the things than me and two just how fitting it is that he has played such a pivotal role in my own life in understanding the gospel and how important the gospel is in our everyday lives. So, Aira, can you share with us what is the gospel exactly?
1: Yeah, the, the gospel, so that word is, it just means good news. So that's like the baseline, that word. Uh, when we see that in the Bible, you see the word gospel, it's the, the Greek word euangelion, or it's, um, it, the U actually looks like a V is where we get, so it could be like mm-hmm. evangelion, where we get like the idea of evangelism. When we talk about that, that comes from this word gospel. All right, so the gospel is... Good news, uh, and it has this connotation of it it means it's like a message to be heralded. So if you think of news, it's not so much like... Um, opinions or advice, it's like news that would actually be told somebody. So if something mm. happens, the gospel is like the news that is shared to a group of people or to someone. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so that's kind of the just the baseline word, yeah. gospel. That's what it means. It's this good news message that is meant to be told. Mm. Okay, so when we talk about the gospel as Christians or what the gospel means biblically, is it's really the message of who God is and what he has done. So it's what we get in the scriptures is the message of the gospel, which is the story of who God is, who we are, and what he has done for us and creating us and redeeming us and saving us through Jesus. So uh, maybe kind of quickly, two ways that you could think about the gospel is um, kind of a really broad view of the gospel and then a really narrow kind of view of the gospel. So when we say what the gospel is, broadly speaking, um, it's the whole story of God. So it is uh, the the how God has created the world, that he is the creator, the Lord of all things, um, that he created us to be with him, to be in relationship with him, to obey him, to follow him, to love him, and for him to love us. Um, but the second aspect of this is that not only has he created us to be in that way, but we've fallen from that is what okay. we call it. So it's the idea that we have actually sinned or rebelled or walked away from God. And so the, the problem with that is that since we have sinned against this God, that means that we deserve punishment from God. So every human being has been created by God but has also rebelled. So that means we, we love other things, we desire other, th- other things, mm-hmm. we want to follow other things and not God. That deserves punishment. So what he does is he doesn't just leave us in that uh, space of deserving his wrath and punishment, but he actually sends Jesus to redeem us. So he sends his son, Jesus, down to earth. He lives a whole life of perfection, which is what we were called to do, but he lives that on our behalf, and then he dies on the cross to actually redeem us back. So God's wrath is poured out on him, and his perfection is actually given to us. So what you need he takes, or he gives you, and what you deserve, which is punishment and death, is what he took on the mm-hmm. cross. And because of that, that's kind of the the final stage is that God is actually re- not only redeeming people, but he's kind of restoring everything in the world. There's mm-hmm. going to be this moment when he makes a whole new heavens and earth through Jesus and like the resurrection. So that's kind of the really broad, big story. If you want to talk very narrow, uh, the gospel is simply the work of what Jesus did on the cross. Uh, so when we say, you know, that the gospel is like what saves us, um, that's meaning that the work that Jesus did on the cross and dying for us and him rising again from the dead is like the the centerpiece or kind of the, the ultimate piece of the gospel, I guess, is the work of Jesus on the cross and the resurrection.
0: And I always think, Um, When talking about the gospel with people or maybe people that haven't heard it before, how, you know, the fall and we are sinful humans in need of a savior. Right. And how a lot of times people will think, well, actually, no, I'm pretty good. Mm. You know, no, I I'm a nice person. I I do this. I maybe go to church. You know, I do X, Y, Z. So I'm actually I'm, I'm pretty good. And. I always just think of that, um, even having a toddler now, you know, if there's any way to know that we are innately sinful, you know, just spend any amount of time around a two year old, a two, three year old. I mean, when Zan was one, you know, did I teach him to put his fingers in the outlet and then look at me knowing that it's wrong? No, like we are born sinful humans in need of a savior. And that, that is Jesus.
1: Well, and part of that is that God, it's not just that he calls you to be good most of the time. So God is perfect. He's holy and righteous in everything that he's ever done. That means every thought, every action, everything. And that's actually what he calls us to. So even for people, I mean, there's a lot of people in the world that you could think like, I am generally a good person. I mostly do good things compared to a lot of evil and wicked things I could be doing yeah. or maybe some other evil or really wicked people I see. So we kind of like to compare ourselves that way. Yeah. And we kind of think, well, generally I'm a good person. And that, honestly, you generally might be a decent person. <laughs> However, when we look at the the standard is perfection, Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody is going to say that they've been perfect, yeah. right? So yeah. even though we would say, all of our actions are actually like tainted with sin. So there's like yeah. sin enveloped in everything we do. Yeah. Even if we could say you might generally do a lot of decent things, the the standard is still perfection. That's what we need in order to be with yeah. God. And that is something that I don't think anybody would actually claim that they have. So that means everybody needs some sort of perfection or something outside of themselves yeah. for that.
0: Another analogy I love the analogies um that I heard, even about like the the perfectioner, oh, if I just do enough of this good, say you are a Christian, or you think you're a Christian and you're like oh i if I just keep doing good, then i'll you know earn my way to god's saving grace or i've, I've I'll earn my salvation um I heard this analogy of even the the strongest person in the world can throw maybe a baseball pretty far. You know, maybe they're whatever, the the most amazing baseball player. I don't know. But even the strongest, best thrower of a baseball ever would not be able to throw a baseball from one continent to the next. Like even they can't throw it far enough. And in the same way of our um good works, I can never be good enough for God. It is completely by grace that I have been saved. Yeah, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And that's just, I mean, that's just super humbling of none of my works have earned me this salvation. It is completely by grace through faith that God chose me and saved me. And I'm sure we'll get into that in kind of the next question. Okay, so... You're listening to this right now maybe you're thinking okay i'm not sure that i've ever responded to this gospel message and maybe you are unsure if you're going to heaven or hell um, because that is their reality you are going to either heaven or hell um ara how can someone be quote unquote saved what is the proper response to this good news of jesus christ um,
1: so maybe going back a little bit to what you just said the of us either going to heaven or hell That is because God created us. So we are not eternal in the sense that like we always have been, but we are in some ways immortal in that you will live forever somewhere. So you Mm. physically will die in this world, but Mm. there is an after death, afterlife kind of space that you will actually be existing in. And so this is actually the biggest question you'll ever face in your life Mm. because you'll live, you know, even the you know, you could live a hundred years here, maybe, most likely sixty to eighty years on this earth, and then you will spend an eternity somewhere. So there's really no bigger question that you can wrestle with than this, because any other questions that we have about our own life that may affect you. You know, you think about who do I want to marry or if I want to have kids or where I want to work, all those questions, those are huge questions in our life. And those will impact you for a few decades. The question you just asked Mm -hmm. is actually impacting you for eternity. So, this is where you spend the rest of your eternity. And it's not just, do I want to go to like a bad place or a good place? The real question is, am I going to experience eternity in the presence of God, who's the greatest, most beautiful being in all the world? Or, well, I spend an eternity facing wrath and punishment and separation Mm. from the only true, good, holy, righteous being in all the world. And that's like the question. So if we would admit that God's standard is perfection and we don't live up to that, therefore what that means for you is that we actually are destined for what the Bible calls hell. It's this place where we are separated from God. It's a place of death and uh, us facing God's wrath. So, the question you ask then is, well, how do you how are you saved? How do you actually become not destined for hell but destined for presence of presence in God's presence uh, for eternity? Uh, the clearest place I think that you can go to for that is in Romans chapter ten, uh, verse nine and ten says this. It says, "If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved." For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So essentially what it says is if you actually confess and believe that Jesus is Lord mm-hmm. and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's kind of the good news element, kind of in the what I call the narrow sense. So there's this huge story of what God's doing, but the centerpiece or the narrow aspect of that is what are you actually responding to in the work of Jesus? Do you believe that he is the Lord of your life, which means that he is not only the one who created all things and is the king of all things, but he's actually the king and Lord and master of your life. And do you actually believe that he died and rose again from the dead? Uh, and so in, in other language, you maybe have heard it called, like, that Jesus is both our Lord and our Savior, that he's the master and the Lord, the king that we follow. And he's our savior. He's the one who died on the cross to forgive us of our sins and raised from the dead to actually defeat death and help raise us from the dead, too. And so if that's the narrow good news of the gospel, the short answer is, do you believe that or not? And what's interesting Mm -hmm. about that is it doesn't say, you know, do you live a whole life following that? Or do you belong to a church that believes that? Or have you done enough good works to deserve that? It simply says, do you actually submit to Jesus as Lord and do you believe that he's your savior hmm. and that's what saves you?
0: Hmm. Why then, in light of that, why is the gospel so important and how does this gospel message affect or how should it affect our everyday lives then if you if you are choosing to follow him?
1: Well, number one, I would say it's so important because this does affect your eternity. So this is what I would say you were created for. And it's, it's the reason we have problems in our life is because we've actually fallen or we've sinned against God. So the reason there's brokenness in the world, now that doesn't mean that there's like, every time you have a hardship, it means you've sinned, but it means life is hard because of sin. And it means that we're actually destined for a life in an eternity without God and his goodness and grace. And so this is so important because this is actually what you were created for. This is the destiny of your soul for eternity. Yeah. And there really isn't any more important question for you specifically. And A.W. Tozer uh, once said that what you think about God or how you relate to God is the most important thing about you Mm. because he's the one who created you. We have our existence because of God. So anything else that you do, it only exists because God is your creator and he has created you for a relationship with him. And so anything that has to do with God is actually the most important piece of your life Mm. because your existence is tied up into being an image bearer of God. So that would be my first thing is that the gospel yeah. is so important because it's the biggest question and it's the most long lasting question that yeah. you have. It has the most eternal consequence. Yeah. Um, but yeah. what would you say? What's some of the things that you would think is the important elements of in your practical life for the gospel?
0: I mean, like he said, it should affect everything. I mean, it, what I, even going back to Romans 10, how it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, I just think about how, you know, a lot of people are good at the confessing part. Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, I believe in God. But it's like, if you truly believed that Jesus died on your behalf and rose from the grave, your response would be your entire life. So we can, we can say that we believe, but Gosh, do you truly believe in your heart that the person of Jesus died for you to reconcile, reconcile you back to God? And so, for me, I mean, I pray this that it affects my everyday life forever because it should. The person of Jesus has died for me. That is a huge deal, and I pray that when the days that I forget the impact it should have on my life, I mean, that's why I'm. It's important to be in the church surrounded by community, so someone else can remind yeah. me, hey, remember that Jesus literally died for you and that I can fix my eyes back to him and so he can impact my everyday life. Um, let's see, for my everyday life, um gosh, it, it impacts everything. I it's hard to even like yeah. narrow it down. But I What's mean- been one
1: thing that you'd say before you really understood the gospel or it has had a huge impact on you, what certain things that you either did or you love, yeah. you kind of chased after that you're seeing the gospel actually begin to transform?
0: Yeah. Um I mean, definitely human approval. Hmm. You know, that's one that, I mean, for, for my specific personality, I have more of an I don't care personality, but like sin is still that I long for human approval Mm. at its core, human approval and for, um, you know, to be important, quote unquote, to be, um, to be something to, you know, to be successful, you know, not that those are innately bad things, but I've just seen him chip away at maybe the fear of man, Mm. you know, in that sense of, Hey, no Maddie, remember that your life is all about me and bringing me glory and literally You don't have to be fearful of man at all. You get to be exactly who I've created you to be, whether that's weird and wild and crazy, but you get to bring me glory, whether that means you're in the background or you're on the stage, whatever that looks like. It's all for his glory. So I think, you know, before that, And still at times, because we still live in this sinful fallen world, seeing that fear of man try to creep back on me and have him have to remind me, no, remember, like my gospel is so important. Who cares if you look weird if you decide to share it with the worker at Starbucks, you know, and especially in this social media age. Um, I mean, I kind of talk about it in my other podcast that talks about going off of social media for six months. Also, Aira isn't on social media. That's probably why he's more sanctified than all of us. So, But I mean, for real, like he's so in love with Jesus. And But yeah, like back to my six-month social media thing, I feel like when the Lord was urging me to give it up for six months, my reasons were like, oh my gosh, I might like not matter. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I might yeah. um, be irrelevant. And Jesus is like... Yeah, I'm the one. One, you're relevant to me. Yeah. That should be enough for you. And it is enough. But we tried the enemy. We talk ourselves out of that, that that's enough. So, yeah, gosh, it impacts, especially now, my life that is motherhood most of the time. Um, knowing that that is beautiful work, that unseen work is, is what he has me doing. And I get to bring him glory in the days this this entire day, I hadn't even left the house until I came here, and I was with having conversations with a three year old and saying "Hi, hi to a baby. Yeah. You know, like, yep. but I get to love them well, and I even see just in another practical everyday thing, him renew my mind and change me to be more patient with my toddler. I get to love my toddler well and share Jesus with my toddler and hopefully impact his eternity. And hopefully he chooses to follow Jesus. But yeah, I find myself different places I'm even walking into asking God, hey, God, give me an opportunity to like love someone well in this Starbucks, in this Target. Give me an opportunity to maybe start a relationship with someone and, and show them your love that they might see that I'm different entirely and only because the Holy Spirit is inside of me.
1: Yeah, Mm. I think the approval thing is huge because it it goes, I think, two different ways. One, it does help you know that you are actually approved of by the father. So the father has sent his son Jesus to die for you. So there's full approval. And now that you're in Christ, not only do you have a father in heaven who's your, like, he's your father, Mm. you're his child, but you have the, like, righteousness and approval of the son that's on you. So how the father sees the son, which is his beloved mm-hmm. son who is perfect and righteous and did everything that the father asked him to do. That's now how ha- that's like the lens he now sees you on. So that that desire for other people to make us um, feel approved of or feel validated or feel like we've done right things or we are important. Um, we have all of that, which is satisfied in Jesus now. So, like that is all ours, but it also does, it changes who we want to make much of in the world. So like you were mentioning, it's it's easy for us to want, whether it's social media or how we talk about ourselves in conversations, it's easy to want to make much of ourselves or make us seem at yeah. least not bad. Like at yeah. least we're being productive or we're doing good things or we're smart or we're whatever. Um, but what the gospel does is it actually almost frees us to say like, I'm not that big a deal. And that's like, okay. Like yeah. it's okay that I'm yeah. not that big a deal And for 99.5% of people that ever live. They're not really going to be that remembered by, yep. you know, generations past. Like they're not going to make a massive world influence and a few might, but for the most part we aren't. Yeah. And there's just a freedom to say, if we can make Jesus known and like make him big, that yeah. that's, that's like, what's important. And yeah. in Galatians, uh, one it's just really convicting verse. He says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Mm. And, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Which is convicting in that, of like, if I'm trying to gain the approval of the people around me, He says, if I'm doing that, I'm not a servant of Christ, which is just convicting. So the gospel actually does. We could say like, you know, we're saved by the gospel, but we still have all these kind of, you know, we try to get approval. We try to, you know, make people like us or think much of us. Paul says, if you're doing that, like you're not a servant of Christ because a servant of Christ is trying to just say his master is really great. And so um, I think that's part of how the gospel starts to change in shape even the the things we talk about or just how we view ourselves or want ourselves viewed by others
0: yeah in 2020 my word for the year was humility which
1: which you killed it
0: (laughs) which i did so great and i'm like so (laughs) humble um no but i literally i can picture myself in church like the couple weeks before the new year and the holy spirit just brought that word to mind like oh this should be your word and i'm like Ugh. No, like that's terrible.
1: Like, wait, why did you think it was terrible?
0: You know, I want like, you know, give me the word passion. Give me yeah. the word like exciting. Give me the word adventure. God, like, you know, I want that to be my word. Um, but I mean, humility probably needs to be my word every year for the rest of my life. But okay, I'm trying to find what I think it's a, in Philippians. Um, but kind of like what you're talking about with making much of yourselves. So the word humility was my word for 2020 and the, my kind of verse for the year was Philippians two and Philippians two, one through four says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one mind. Do nothing out of selfish amb- ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I was just reading different versions of that verse, and the message version said, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other, love each other, be deep spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front, don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. And woof, like, that when I read that, I was like, God, you got some work to do on my heart. I mean, you're just raised up in in, in this culture to get ahead, to yeah. be this, to be that, to be the one. And yeah, it was a sweet year. And the rest of my life, he'll be chipping away at my pridefulness. And when my pridefulness. When in my pridefulness, I'm blinded by my pridefulness. Hopefully I have people around me to continually tell me I'm prideful. But yeah, I read that and I was like, whoa, God, this is what you want for me. You want me to don't push my way to the front. Don't sweet talk my way to the top. Don't don't be manipulative. Put myself aside. Help others get ahead. Lift others up in their gifts. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. And kind of like in the language that you were saying, it's super freeing. Yeah, It's so freeing to be reminded, wait, I don't have to do any of that.
1: Yeah. You don't have to worry about yourself I don't have and to your worry image about that. And all that all the time. Yeah,
0: yeah. is that literally... Christ is all that matters. And so how freeing it has been to realize that and um, to continue to push against that is just so, yeah, freeing is the best word. Like this huge weight is off of you. Of You don't have to prove yourself. Even, even in this podcast, even like speaking with Aret today, you know, I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a little nervous for today's podcast. You know, like for the first time, rather than just having conversation and, and I like, I love conversing with people. So, you know, that's, that's easy for me yeah. in my head. I'm like, for the first time, we're like talking about something, not just something we're talking about something really important. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm probably going to mess it up. What if I say the wrong thing? You know, I'm just all in like kind of got nervous. And then the Lord's like, the pressure's off of you. Hmm. The pressure's off for you to say the perfect thing for you to know everything. Cause you don't, you never will. You know, the pressure's, completely off you just get to point people to me and my word and the pressure's off the pressure's off the pressure's off and so that's just been super freeing in the last year and a half and continues to be super freeing of yeah when you walk into a room you get to be a hey there you all are rather than a hey here I am And here Christ is ultimately, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, that's really good of just how the gospel shapes relationships and just like how you interact with people. What would you say is one thing recently that you feel like has helped you learn more about the gospel? So like the the gospel is very simple in some ways because it's that God created you, you're a sinner, Jesus saves you, and He brings you into this newness of life but it's also the most deep and complex it is all of history it's the gospel being unfolded of what god is actually doing so there's like that simultaneous it's really simple and easy and i could just say it in 10 seconds yeah but there's also just this never ending like well that we like just learn more about and find yeah. more out. And so, um, yeah, how do you feel like you you've grown or what would you advise people to like if they kind of get it at a shallow level, but they want to learn more about the gospel and understand it more? How has God done that in you? And what would you advise for people?
0: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, well, I feel like for me.
1: Besides listening to this podcast.
0: Besides listening to this podcast. Um, If you haven't heard already, well, besides the Bible, besides reading about the gospel in God's word, besides um, choosing to read his word, to meditate on it, to learn from it, because um, that's where all the gold is. Um, You know, my favorite book, you recommended it to me. Let's hear it. What is it, A-Ret?
1: is the gospel? Yes.
0: <sighs> I feel so known. I'm just <laughs> kidding. He's the one that told me about it. So if I've recommended What is the Gospel by Greg Gilbert to you, you can thank a But... What is the Gospel by Greg Gilbert? Short, easy read, if you will. That really helped my understanding. I'm, I feel like I, kind of like I said before, that I have a lot of analogies I like. A lot of like visual things and analogies are super helpful to the way that I learn and understand things. I'm a very visual learner. Um, that book definitely gives a lot of those. And yeah, Greg Gilbert just does a great job of explaining it simply yeah he makes something that is so complex and I would say yeah it was an easy read that I really enjoyed and it really made me understand yeah the my need of a savior overall and I feel like I've even understood the gospel more after becoming a parent too of every day I'm reminded when when I freak out at my child maybe I'm like sweetly reminded whoa I get to give my child grace, continual grace that maybe he does not deserve because my heavenly father gives me continual grace that I don't deserve. So as I've understood his grace at a just a bigger magnitude that it is, like it's so his grace is just run so deep and wide and is just huge. I'm able to remember that other people deserve that grace from me that Christ has given me. Cause it's really easy for, I'm probably not even answering whatever your original question was, but it's really easy for me to be judgmental of others, um, maybe snarky or, um, prideful and think I know what's best for them or, you know, angry at them if they don't do what I think they should do. And then I'm just continually reminded, okay, I did not deserve the grace from God to send his son, Jesus to die for me. Jesus literally on the cross says, cries out on our behalf, essentially forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. The people that are killing him. So I get to give that same undeserving grace to everyone around me Mm -hmm. every single day. My, my spouse, my kids, my friends, strangers. Um, but the gospel is, yeah, my deeper understanding of the gospel has, Continually reminds me that every day. Oh, actually, what if you just like loved this person right here? What if you didn't like make your snarky comment before you try to help them? Because I don't think God (laughs) wouldn't do that to you, you know?
1: Um, How about you? Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I I think similarly, but maybe like explicitly, I would just say, I think that's part of why the church is so important. So you talked a lot about like just all these different types of relationships. I think the Lord uses relationships in our life. And I would argue specifically in the local church to, to help show you the gospel or to help you like learn it. So you do, you learn how to love and to forgive and to be gracious and compassionate with people. Like you understand that from God, the more that you're doing that with other people. So like living in isolation, you just don't experience that stuff as much. Also the, the community of faith or the, the church just helps like it helps preach the Gospel to you in different ways. Um, also, I can see like you know, says so we've been friends or in community or in small groups together. Like, you just, over time, you see what God's doing in other people's lives, and that encourages you. Yeah. You get to have other people, like, pointing you or showing you your sin and need for the gospel. Um, yeah. You also, I mean, each week we gather together on Sundays to actually hear the word of God, to sing together. That's like an encouragement for our souls that we just do this together and other people actually help Show the gospel, say the gospel to me, show me where I'm yeah. like failing and where I need Jesus and yep. the gospel. Yeah, and so the God, just in his kindness, has set up this community called the church yeah. where we actually get to experience this and grow in ways that just wouldn't happen by yourself. So I think that's a huge yeah. part of it.
0: And like, especially right now, I feel like, and maybe this is you listening, um, after or during this pandemic, a lot of people. Are listening online and they're like this is pretty easy I'm just gonna like keep listening online to sermons great I'm getting I'm learning I'm getting um taught by these pastors and I just could do it from my home like this is great no get yourself to a church obviously if you have to be wise about COVID and stuff um right now totally get that um but when you are able dive into a church, serve at a church, like Aret was saying, how important having that community is. And I mean, even, um, you know, I, I get to sit under the teaching of Andrew and Jared. And then also since I'm involved in the church, I get to watch them live it out and I get to see them also be human and, um, apologize sometimes, but I get to see them also. I get to see Jesus through them. They're living it out. If I'm sitting online, just watching maybe famous pastors, which I love Tim Keller and I listen to him every day. He's great. I, and I totally learn from him, but I get to see firsthand. I get to watch these pastors live out what Jesus is doing. And yeah, that, that piece of community. In our case, we have a city group that meets every Wednesday, knowing that every single Wednesday. I'm getting together with other believers. I get to be encouraged by them. When I'm having, when I've had really rough seasons, they show up, they're the ones that pray for me. I mean, A-Rut's seen me cry countless times, Simon Bailey, that they've prayed over me. Like community do- doesn't just happen like that if you don't take that step yeah, and, and commit commitment, it, yeah. yeah. And say, no, it might be weird at first going to a new church or choosing to serve. Maybe I don't know anyone at the church yet. Um. Yeah, it is weird. It is awkward. It's worth it. I mean, I think about we've been at Providence for a little over three years now. And yeah, the first couple months, you don't really know many people at the church. You're trying to get to know people really at the core of our being. We just want to feel like known and seen. Right. That's going to take some effort on your end. If, if you're listening to this, like that's going to take some awkward city groups, small groups, whatever the first couple times to like create those relationships and be known and know others. But wow, yeah, the church, Providence has, um, kinda like I said at the beginning when I was introducing A Providence has been pivotal in Alex and I understanding the importance of the gospel. Really, um, before I was here, I I would have called myself a Christian and I didn't I didn't even know what the gospel was, guys. And and I think that's maybe a lot of you listening. And I think that's a lot of people out there, right? Um, But when I truly started to understand the importance of the gospel, gosh, that's when God changed so, so much for me. And it was able to impact, yeah, my everyday.
1: Yeah. And I think there is, for most people, there's those moments where, again, it's really simple to say the basic narrow view of the gospel or to even kind of believe that of like, Okay, I do believe that Jesus died on a cross, or that I need Him, but there's just a depth. We spend the rest of our lives learning that and what that actually means and the implications of that, and that really is done in the church, and that's like the most helpful thing. And it's helpful because yeah, we're all at different stages, and so to have different people, I think the beautiful thing. But this is where most people get tripped up in the church is, is that the church is really made up of people that maybe wouldn't hang out together or be friends yeah. unless they had the bond of like Jesus Christ. Like so yeah. even in our city group, like over the last, you know, how many ever years I've been a Christian. I've been a part of different groups where honestly I probably wouldn't be friends with some of the people yeah. unless it was the yeah. blood of Jesus that has united totally. us. And they actually become sweet friends. Yeah. They're like actual relationships that you build. And I think that's one of the beautiful like witnesses to the world of like, man, I would never naturally or just not have a lot of things in common with this person. But over the course of a couple of years, you actually have those experiences routinely. You pray together. You talk about what God's doing in your life. You like encourage each other, rebuke each other, do all of that. That forms a relationship that's far deeper than just I get along with this person really easily because we have a few things in common. Yeah, You know, some of these people that I would normally have almost nothing in common with, I have a far deeper relationship. uh, And that's just a beautiful gift. And that's part of how they've helped me learn more about the gospel. And that's just part of how God has set it up.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of, is it acts two 44 where it talks about, and all the believers were together and they had everything in common. Like I'll never forget the first time I read that. And it was like, Whoa. Yeah. Like I may have nothing in common with the few people in our city group. I have everything in common yeah. with them because um we are living our lives for Jesus. We are following Jesus together. And and even the Lord also uses that to uproot sin in me that is just drawn to the people that look like me, act like me, think like mm-hmm. me, talk like me, like the same things as me. It shows me where Yeah, I'm ugly in that area that I I wouldn't be naturally drawn to some of these people that I don't have as much in common with. And then I end up yeah, having these sweet friendships, learning so much from them because they are maybe in a different sphere. They they have different interests, are following their call that Jesus has on their lives and learning so much from them that I never would if I would stay in my little bubble of every everyone that likes the same things as me, does the same things as me, you know? Yeah. So that's been super sweet. All right. So we're still talking about <laughs> why the gospel is so important and how it should affect um, our everyday lives, just, just a reminder of the question we're talking about. Cause we've been chatting for a while, but what other ways should it affect our everyday lives?
1: Yeah, I think for, especially for the Christian. So let's say, let me speak to both quick. So if you're, if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this, what we're saying is, um, that, that the gospel is that you are created by God, that he has, Uh, Made a way for you, even though your sins um, have caused separation from God. That He has actually made a way to save you and redeem you and be the Lord and Savior of your life. So that's kind of the news that we're saying. Um, But what I think that means is, first, if you if you are a non-Christian, the primary thing is that that is so that solves the greatest problem (laughs) you have. Like the your biggest problem is that you have a Creator who you are going to be judged by one day. And that is a problem for you if you have not yeah. lived perfectly. And so um, this this is the greatest news you could be told because your greatest problem is actually fixed mm-hmm. in Jesus. Um, so I think that's the the first thing that's important to to realize uh, for Christians. Maybe people even like you said, Maddie, like somebody that would say, "Okay, I am a Christian. I I get that." But maybe the gospel just hasn't really taken root. Let me just remind maybe a couple things that the gospel means for our everyday life. So uh, one, what we've said from Romans uh, ten is that. This means Jesus is Lord. So that means that you are not the ultimate master or leader of your own life, which is one of the hardest things, I think, for us. So for Christians, the gospel actually takes um, the control out of our life and takes Mm. the which in some ways can be scary, but that's also, again, really freeing yeah. to say the God yeah. of the universe <laughs> actually leads and I get to just walk in step with him. Um, and so Galatians 2.20 says, the life I now live, I live by faith in the son of God. It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So that's mm-hmm. saying that once I'm in Christ, it's not even this old self that runs you know, the show anymore. It's now yeah. literally Jesus through me. Um, which again can be scary, but is also some of the most freeing news that you don't control your life and run your life. So let that anxiety and worry just go like Jesus is Lord. Um, it also means that if you're going through times of suffering or pain or hurt, um, that we have a hope in a newness of life that is eternal. And so, uh, in Romans eight, Paul talks about how, uh, we may suffer now for a little bit, but it doesn't even compare to the eternal glory that we are about to face. And so there is a hope that not only is God with you in these moments, so even if life is extremely hard right now, you have a hope that he's with you now and that this is just a blip on the eternal radar. Like in the scope of eternity, even a few decades of suffering Mm -hmm. is nothing compared to eternal glory with him. And so it just gives us a hope to be able to endure. Uh, Another thing that I think is, is big is we live in a culture that's very individualistic, which we like that. Like we like being individuals. We like kind of living out our own identities. The downside to that, that many people face is just an overwhelming sense of loneliness. Uh, when you are saved, you are not only just saved into this relationship with Jesus, but you're saved into a family or what we've been talking about, uh, this local church, this group of people that you are committed to. Uh, and that's huge, because that means you actually have a people that are for you, a people that you walk in life with, that you grow with. So Christianity is not an individual thing. So you are individually saved. You are a child of God, but you are into a family or you're born into a family. And so really you could read the whole, I mean, Bible, but especially read through the New Testament and you will always see in every letter vertical elements of it, like your relationship with God, and you'll always see horizontal mm-hmm. elements, your relationship yep. with the church, because you're saved into both. You're saved into this relationship with God and into his people. The gospel is saving a people, not just individuals. And so yep. uh, it just saves us out of this like need for individualism and also the effects of that, which is often uh, loneliness. Um one more thing I would say just for, for Christians, we've talked about this a little bit already. Um, but it means that you are fully forgiven of everything that you've done. And that radically changes a couple things that one, that means that you offer forgiveness and you can be humble about things that you've done or things in your life because you're totally forgiven in Jesus. So all of the guilt and the shame, the things that you carry, um, are completely gone which means you are freed to be a forgiving person to be a gracious person to give mercy to other people because you've experienced that from Jesus it also means that you can kind of quit hiding or quit trying to like hide all the negative things in your life or be weighed down by guilt and shame because all of that stuff is known by God he took that on the cross you can give that all to him and if people say like well, you look like you're a mess. Well, yeah, amen. Like I am a mess. That's why Jesus died for me. There's nobody who's not. There's only people yeah. who are hiding it. And so you can actually just live free of that stuff. And we live most of our lives trying to hide negative, bad things that we do. Um, a Christian who understands the gospel can actually say yes. And that is why Jesus mm-hmm. died for me. That's why the cross is such good news for us. Yeah. Because all of our guilt and shame can be put out in the open. Cause we say that is exactly why Jesus died for me. Like we just rejoice in that.
0: Yeah. That's so good. Um, on a serious note, you guys, if you're listening to this today and, um, if the Lord is stirring your heart to respond to this good news, right? This moment, please, I beg of you, don't let this moment pass. Cry out to God and repent of your sins. Tell him that you want him to be the Lord of your life. Go tell someone, go tell anyone, tell a friend, let them know that you have decided to repent and believe this good news. And you guys, I promise you that nothing is more important than surrendering your life to Jesus. Nothing is more life-changing than making Jesus the Lord of your entire life. And he wants to bring you from death to life, from darkness to the light. And I pray that if you're on the fence right now, that God would give you that nudge that you need to give him your entire life. Um, Aret, do you have any more last thoughts or words?
1: Uh, the only thing, again, I would say, I mean, that's a great call, I think, for anybody who's not a Christian. If you're a Christian listening to this, uh, sometimes we can think the gospel then is something, because that's the way that you enter into mm-hmm. life. It's kind of something you get over The gospel is the thing that shapes Mm -hmm. everything. So kind of what we were just trying to say. So as a Christian, don't just listen to this and think, okay, I got that. I want to move on to other things. There's other deeper like theological things, but all of that is informed by the gospel. It is what changes us and shapes every moment of our life. And so, yeah, I would just encourage if you're a Christian listening to this, always remember we always come back to the foot of the cross Mm -hmm. and what Jesus did for us. That is what changes everything.
0: Yeah. Friends, if you have any questions about this, please, of course, feel free to email me, DM me on Insta. Um, If I can't find, if I can't answer it or find the answer in the Bible, I'll for sure ask Aret, which is the story of my life and actually shameless episode podcast shameless podcast episode plug there it is um we're going to be doing an ask era episode every once in a while where you can send in questions you have about the bible or topics and he is going to answer them yay um i know he's su- you're super excited for that
1: well, i just found out so no
0: you didn't awesome. that yeah, is such a lie oh my I'm goodness so he's so dramatic that was a lie um but this is so much fun era i'm so glad that you got to come be on the podcast well first of many 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 times and I mean it's so much fun to talk about Jesus with you and Jesus is the best so. yeah.
1: thanks for having me this was fun to talk about the gospel it's encouraging and again this is another huge thing it's just fun to talk about yeah. the gospel it just yeah. reminds your heart of how good a news this really is yeah
0: I'm leaving this podcast recording just like encouraged and excited about Jesus all over again
1: yeah and I can't wait for all these episodes that we've already planned yeah this apparently. is
0: gonna be amazing okay okay thanks a Friends, I'm praying this episode brought you a deeper understanding of the gospel and a deeper love for Jesus. Y'all, he died for you and me. That is crazy. The only appropriate response is our entire lives. If you haven't placed your faith in Jesus, I'm pleading with the Lord that today is the day that you make him Lord of your life. If you would, please share this episode with any friends you think would be blessed by this conversation about the most important news, the good news of Jesus. Would you please take a second to leave a review and share this episode with your friends and family? We would so appreciate it. As always, please feel free to email me at sunnyand65podcast at gmail.com or DM me on the gram at MadelineSchultz underscore. I would absolutely love to connect with you or hear about what God is doing in your life. Friends, go be bold, love big, and we will see you next time.